The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Slow news week. Um, did you see there was something today that I didn't get a chance to look into it very much, but Oscar Isaac is talking to somebody about the uh, the Batman movie? Yes, I saw that. Oh, we can talk about that. I can add that in there. Yeah. It's been a crazy week. Has the, has the talk been he's trying to get in as Batman, or do we know? Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking of that, but... You might. That's yeah. I, yeah, they. I guess they don't have a Batman, do they? No, they don't. Hmm. That would be. That'd be kind of awesome. He'd I'd be short. He'd be short as fuck, though. Yeah, but depending on how you shoot it, would he be shorter than Michael Keaton? Yes. He is a short motherfucker. Hmm. I mean, obviously, yes, they can do Hollywood magic. Yeah. But still, there's something about having a naturally imposing Batman. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's part of why I thought Ben Affleck worked so well. Yeah. I, I thought Ben Affleck was great. It's just, man. Yeah, well, Damn shame. I'll, I'll, I'll do it to you. Yeah. Well, it's just, a, you know. What a you, pussy. This, the start of somebody's <laughs> career, the start of an on-screen character's career probably shouldn't be cast when you're 45. You know? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But that, totally. That was, yeah. And honestly, uh, let's say he didn't start you know let's say he didn't have any of the personal problems if they had just cast him and just said he was mid-30s batman mm-hmm. we would have been we would have been fine yeah like he didn't have he doesn't actually have to be young but when you first show him in three movies and he's got gray hair already it's like yeah. oh fuck what are you doing yeah and he's already feeling like the life of batman you know you yeah, can tell right. he's just already beat up I'm like okay so what what's the outcome of this yeah, like he's gonna clearly you bring him ready to go. Yeah, like it doesn't really give you a lot, like, a lot of excitement. You know, like, oh, I already know this guy's gonna leave soon. That's <laughs> funny now that I think about it, and I don't know how old in real life Jeremy Irons actually is, but with them going for a younger Jeremy Irons, are we supposed to believe that Alfred was like twenty when he took over, taking care of Bruce? You and I know that you can't hold any of the old stories up <laughs> with any of that anymore. You know what I mean? I know, I know. And I know in the, in like the earth, the one they cast a younger Alfred, which I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, kind of cool with that. But at 20, Alfred, That's... like would Alfred wouldn't have had any life experience to impart on Bruce. Like he yeah. kind of, Alfred kind of needs to be at least 40 himself. Yeah. Yeah. I like the you RAF, know? you know, like him having a military career and having all yeah. this, Explains a lot of like I mean, why he can do what he does. Yeah. Now. So then, how is Jeremy Irons, who absolutely no, don't tell me he's playing a seventy-year-old Alfred <laughs> in those movies. How is that even possible? Well, he's seventy, so he yeah. could be. But let's look at that now. If he's seventy and Bruce Wayne is forty-five, that means Alfred started with Bruce Wayne when he was twenty-five. Right. 
Yeah. And but but Alf, the thing with Alfred when they go for that younger route is he was super like super commando trained by the yeah. uh, you know by the yeah. British stuff. And I'm sorry, by the time you're 25, that's not the case. No. Yeah. 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 You just don't have that experience. No. And, and the Falklands didn't run that long. Right. <laughs> I mean, it could, if it could have been, it could, I mean, you know, yeah. seven, seven years, you got a little bit, but not as much. Now, as yeah. I mean, yeah. not enough to be the mentor for an eventual Batman. Well, no. yeah, because uh, you remember Michael Caine's uh, Alfred was obviously working as a not only an actual career military, but obviously at some point right. he was a mercenary force as well. Right. Well, that's yeah. the point. By the time. Frank Miller did. I don't know why we're not having this discussion on the podcast. By the time Frank Miller did the Dark Knight era Batman, which is what Affleck was basically doing, yeah. his Alfred was frail and almost half dead. You know, like yeah. that's you. You can do a younger Alfred, but he, but you're then Batman has to be younger too you yeah. can't do older batman and younger alfred it just doesn't work yeah well you know what then let's do this this is the uh the start of geekish cast episode 192 for the week of august 27 2018 we are coming to you much like the start of the original star wars movie in progress with the conversation already going joining me this week yeah. is joe slepsky from the podcast joe on joe what's happening there joe hey jeremy hey paul welcome guys yeah hello and what's happening over there paul not much. Happy to be here. Yeah, very good. So we are kind of, we were goofing around. I'm just going to cut out the very start of the conversation when we connected the call. We're talking about some of the things that relate to Batman's age, uh, Alfred's age. And so, Joe, you were saying about uh, Alfred there uh, being written in as a much older character to fit his military career. Yeah, just that, you know, if they, I, I like that they show... A younger Alfred when, you know, like a younger, more capable Alfred, it's Bruce. But but on screen, it breaks down a little bit if you have a younger Alfred and then an older Batman, as they portrayed with Ben Affleck in these last couple of movies. Because Alfred's not terribly old, but by the time Bruce gets to be that mid-40s, which is absolutely what they were playing him as, Alfred has to be old and decrepit. He can't still be young. You should do a young Alfred with a younger Batman. Yeah, um, and and since we're so far past World War II now, I don't know where what ages you would need to put people at to make them. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, what what big military adventures do you say Alfred got his background in? Well, know? he could still be. He could. St I think they. I think in the Earth One books they shifted and made him like kind of more of a special agent, so he could still be doing stuff around the world. I mean, not. I mean, well, Jesus, yeah, we've been in the Iraq <laughs> War for sixteen years. Yeah, you know, yeah, so but, there's, but there's, Alfred's Alfred's too old to have oh, come I out see of that. What, yeah, right. they could do that. He's been in Af We've been in Africa. I mean, there's yeah. so much stuff that they've been doing. Yeah, he could have been know, mercenary. So, oh, yeah. is there is there something you want to share, Paul? Uh -oh. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, honestly, Alfred should have fought in Vietnam at this point. Alfred should have been uh, in Vietnam. Uh, yeah. Eng England was not in Vietnam though, right? Oh, but oh, but Alfred was. You just but didn't Alfred, see yeah. him. Ah, oh, gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, that's yeah. how good he is. I guess who taught Batman to be a ninja? Ah, that's oh. where the ninja training came. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not English. I am an American. I swear. I mean, there's stuff. I mean, sure, India. Like, there's all sorts of conflicts and operations that they are part of that weren't full scale wars. Or... Oh no, that's that's absolutely true. That you are correct in that. 
Um, and this is kind of spinning out of us finding out that Oscar Isaac may have talked to somebody about being in a Batman movie as well, or the Batman movie. Yeah, rumor going around. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind it. I like him. I think he's an excellent ac- actor. He's a wonderful actor. Yeah, yeah he's very good. Um, th- this leads me into a question, though. Should DC just slam the door on a consistent universe unless they need it for a specific movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, no shared mm-hmm. universe unless you have a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman story that you've specifically written to have everybody in instead of trying to cram all this shit back together. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I, f- I feel like they're they're they feel like they're all in. They're doing, you know, Flash is going to start filming soon. They got Aquaman well, coming don't out. Don't hold your don't hold your breath on Flash. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I think they're pushing. They should just scrap it and start over. I mean, the uh, the Joker movies about the they just found Alec Baldwin just got cast as Thomas Wayne either today or, or I don't know oh, if that's a rumor. Thomas, might be a played, rumor. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, that might be a rumor, too, but I just read something about that as well. I always thought back in the old days, I would have loved to have seen uh, Alec Baldwin as Batman and Bruce Campbell as Superman in a movie together. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. You got him, you got him in The Shadow. <sighs> yeah, but that was a piss-poor version of The Shadow. Right. Not right. At, when I was a little kid. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. yeah and maybe. you got and Bruce Campbell, Ash is Superman. Come on. Let's, let's yeah. not deny Ash. Oh no! I just thought that the two of them, the two of them, the look they both had yeah. when they were young, say like in the yeah, late eighties, yeah. they both no looked like those characters, you know. Oh my God, those chins would just yeah. This, it, it would be like the two <laughs> the, the boxing gloves in Rocky Four when you get the Russian and the American boxing glove collide. It would be just their chins, their jawlines, just going. Yeah, that that would have been yeah. something just to see the two of them as those characters. Someone somewhere has a huge chin fetish and is just like completely giving the O face over this. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You know that exists, Uncle um, Tim. Uncle Tim, you're welcome for that. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into what we're geeking out about this week because I can actually see this conversation coming back up in a topic or two here. So, uh, Paul, why don't you start us off? What are you geeking out about this week? Um, I actually just started watching season two of Luke Cage. Finally got around to oh. it, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm like five five episodes in, and I'm I really like it. I need to get back to that. I forgot all about it. Yeah, I've just been so busy. I'm just like, all right, now I can get to it. And so far, uh, yeah, it's good. No, it's good. No, I remember I watched like three of them, and I was into it. It just my life has been such a uh, goofy mess here lately that I just walked away and forgot about it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm geeking out about. It's pretty good. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Right on. Joe, what are you geeking out about this week? I am geeking out about the book that is in my hands right now. I've not opened it yet, but I flipped through it. It's the Planet of the Apes Visionaries hardcover from Boom Studios, adapted by Dana Gould and Chad Lewis. It is the adaptation of Rod Serling's first draft for the Planet of the Apes movie. Ah, that's interesting, because that is the one that the uh, Statue of Liberty ending comes from. Exactly, and then yeah. and it was set in New York, but then they changed the setting but kept the Statue of Liberty, which results in this huge conundrum in the film of how does he get from the desert, like the western desert of America, to the Statue of Liberty without dying? Like, how does that even happen? Yeah, how does that even happen? But, and and then also, you know, uh, a couple days later, he's found by the same guerrilla group when he's taken captive. Like, there's all kinds of problems. 
but I love the Planet of the Apes so much. So I can't wait to dig into this book. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, Dana Gould, do you mean comedian Dana Gould? Comedian Dana Gould. He well, is a Planet of the Apes that's awesome. expert. That's well, because I don't know if well, you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen, but I just watched all of season two of his TV show, Stan versus Evil. Love it. Which is outstanding, and it's the guy that played Doctor Cox on Scrubs. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fantastic show. If it's on Hulu, so if you haven't seen it, uh, listeners out there, apparently we've all seen it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen most of season one and really yeah. enjoyed it, but haven't made time to finish it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's worth checking out. Season two was fun. Um, this weekend I did Stan Stan versus Evil, and I also finished Ash versus the Evil Dead. Love it. So all good. all in so one good. weekend. Yes. And Ash Ash just got canceled, right? Uh, I do believe that it is done. I do believe that show is finished, yeah. yes. Unfortunate. I love that show. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. But you could see that it was going to have to start going to some weird places to keep it going, you know? I like weird places. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, hard, to, that. it's hard to pay for weird places. That's... Uh, yeah. Maybe where you're from, it's hard to yeah. weird places. <laughs> you don't know the right people. I'm, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Plenty of weird places to pay for. Ain't nothing Apparently you've never places. been to Thailand. Yeah, I, right. I have not. A good friend of mine is actually in the process of moving there, but he's stopping at every Scandinavian country along the way to get there. Oh, yeah. Why well, are antibiotics <laughs> cheap in Scandinavia? He's stocking up? Well, I, I, I need it. I don't know what the process was to get there, but I do know because he teaches online uh, courses and high school is that he can live anywhere in the world, still get paid, and you can apparently live on $300 a month like a king in Thailand. Yeah, Thailand's pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, maybe not like a king, but you can be comfortable on three to $500 yeah. a month without a problem. Yeah. So that was his thing. Now where Scandinavia gets involved, I couldn't yeah. tell you. Scandinavia is the opposite. It's super expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah, because what doesn't cost a lot of money is taxed through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheap for it's a lot of those places are cheaper for citizens. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you live there, the ongoing yeah the ongoing cost of living is is okay, but visiting is crazy. Well, you know, Canada, uh, just Vancouver's kind of like that. Like they have bus lanes that you can just jump on and off wherever you're going, and all sorts of stuff you can go do. But a six pack of beer is fifteen bucks plus fifteen percent. Wow. And so it's actually cheaper to go sit and drink at a bar than it is to grab a six-pack somewhere and take it home. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, then turns around and helps businesses. I mean, there's there's a lot to it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we here in the States, we often don't think of just how low our taxes really are because yeah, they're yeah. pretty, pretty damn low. It's one of the it's one of the heart and you know let's we're geekish castle so let's focus yeah, on yeah. geek stuff but but it's one of the reasons why it's really hard to like compare whatever the system is and say well it works in this country it's like oh, because yeah. that country its culture has evolved in this way or that way and to flip that switch is really really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, look at, I mean, we'll get back to Geekish Caster in a second, but like tariffs. <laughs> if tariffs were in place all along, it's easy to deal with tariffs. Right. But if one day you say, hey, here's all this shit we buy from foreign countries, and now we're going to tariff it at 25%, mm-hmm. there's no ramp up. There's no getting ready for it. It's just, hey, everybody, you're paying 25% yeah. more for everything from now on. Exactly. When we should have been doing that for 100 years. You know what I mean? When if you if you do it if you already have it in place it's easy to deal with you know yeah. shoes are taxed at fifty percent if they come from a foreign country well screw that we can make shoes cheaper here well then you already have a shoe factory 
We're coming from right. the point of view that there are no factories or hardly any factories left here, and now we're putting a 25% tariff on it. Right. Yeah. So, are you trying to say this trade war is not well thought out by the brain surgeon that's in charge? Well, what I'm saying is that politics <laughs> makes for strange bedfellows, and there are things that had they been in place all along, I would be a supporter of. Sure. But execution alone makes me look at it and go, you know, you had me 25% of the way with you. And then you just took a shit right on my dinner table. Right. And, and just there, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is that while I can find agreement in with strange places and, and strange viewpoints to me, what I consider strange, there are details in there that are missing that make it impossible to then go like, oh, yeah, that worked out nicely. So, right, right. So, right. yes, Joe, I am and I am not saying that at the same time. <laughs> so, so I am geeking out about the show Stan Against Evil this week. <laughs> I'm geeking out about the current trade war that we're involved. <laughs> yeah, I've read so much. That's, that's where Alfred got his experience in the, the, the great trade, trade wars. wars. Yeah. yeah. The great trade wars of the 2000 and teens. Yeah, they were his personal Vietnam. All right, come on, yeah. let's move on. All right, let's get on to uh, Paul. Why don't you get us into our first story here? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Dominic Minahan is joining the cast of episode. Well, that's that's nine. The, that's the second story. Oh, jeez, did I skip it? Oh, <laughs> all right, we'll sort of back. I'll jump. I'll I'll take I'll take the first one. Let's go with Dominic. Too much wine. Uh, yeah. So he's gonna join uh, JJ in the new Star Wars movie, and I'm super excited about that because I like him a lot. That's all. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I I just. Do you guys remember when we were getting ready for uh, The Last Jedi to come out and there were all the, hey, look at all these neat pieces of info we have and here's all the speculation and everything turned out to be wrong? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about any Star Wars news right now. Well, also, I'm not surprised. J.O.J. is uh, one of those directors, like, I mean, like a lot of directors, but he's definitely one of those that works with the same people. Yeah. People that he trusts and enjoys working with and enjoys their performance. He brings them back and works with them, you know. So I want to call it right now. I think he's going to be an alien. Oh, I fun! Do not, I do not think he's going to be like a live action. Thing. I at least I hope so because I feel like these new movies don't have enough alien representation in these new sets of films, like the old. Oh, movies. like in the lead, like leads. Yeah, like I would yeah. love an alien lead. You know, not just Chewbacca is not the token like alien on the crew. I agree. The ratio's off because yeah. it's about, it's all about ratio. I would like it. I would like to see a Twi'lek, a Rodian, something for fuck's sake, yeah. you know, added to this cast. That's what I, I mean. That's what I like about Star Wars. I like the aliens and all the creatures and all that stuff. And I feel like we're lacking in that in these yes. ones. And I think he would do because he's got a good voice. You know? The Star Wars ratio is always three to one. And now it's the the two dudes. Now you've added Kelly Marie Tran and Ray. That's four, and include uh, uh, Darth Vader, the not grandson. What's his face? Kylo Ren, Kylo. Mm-hmm. because he's not wearing his helmet. He doesn't look like an alien. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's five, and Chewie still doesn't feel like part of that crew, even though he shows up because he's really not in the movie a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're totally right. The ratio is, and there's only one droid instead only of two droid. droids. Ratio is totally off. Yeah, you're right. Not, more not only that, the last two movies showed us a whole lot of those camel-looking dudes. 
and very few of anything else. I mean, we kind of got them in the casino, but I always kind of felt like Star Wars, there should be a big mix of all sorts of different races of aliens, and I yeah. feel like that's been missing as well. They've been trying to do their own, like, original aliens, like, and that's okay, but I wish they would, you know, bring back some of the older aliens that we're used to seeing, you know? Well, yeah. Like, would it kill you to throw a hammerhead up on screen? Well, that's, that's fine to do, and there's an easy way to do that, and that's called creating your own sci-fi franchise. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if if you want to do something in the Star Wars universe, it should feel like the rest of the Star Wars universe. Right. So so yeah, I so Joe, I, I have to wonder with uh Dominic Monaghan joining, are you gonna be worrying about who his parents are? Uh no, unless the entire <laughs> unless the entire movie is dedicated to making us wonder who his parents are, and then they in the next movie, they say, forget about the entire two-and-a-half-hour experience we just gave you. It doesn't matter. Yes, I'll be very upset about that. He's probably going to be I, a but it's not like Listen, it's not like, it's not like they would ever do that, and then half of Phantom <laughs> would forget that they, that is exactly what they did. I'm sorry. You can't ignore two-and-a-half hours of who's her parents. Just, yeah, come on, stop it. Uh, yeah, you, I, you, you, you can ignore it. Well, you can't. It's just a, <laughs> Ryan Johnson can ignore it. Swearing, you are, we swearing this? are we swearing on this? I yeah, yeah, it's fine. Twice already. Yeah, it's a shit move if you do. Oh, you know, I. So when J.J. Abrams did Star Trek in 2009, I really, really, he really. found out immediately who Kirk's parents were. Well, I really, 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 really <laughs> wanted to like it a whole lot. Like, even to the point that everything about it that bothered me for years, I was kind of like, ah, oh, that didn't bother me. And then later I just realized, you know what? He's just not a Star Trek fan, and he didn't try to make a Star Trek movie, and he just kind of did whatever he wanted because he tied into shit that had nothing to do with Star Trek. Yeah. And, um, you know, when he did Star Wars, all all he did was kind of, like, create a Greatest Hits cover version of it. Um, mm. think I, I, about mean, it. I really liked Force Awakens. I'm no, sorry. that's fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I don't it was know bad. How far we down the road we can go. We want to go on this. I think what he did for Star Trek was absolutely inject a new audience into Star oh, Trek. 100%. I loved his 100%. first Star Trek movie. Yeah. I I loved everything about that first Star Trek movie. I've seen it so many damn times. Second one we've discussed already that it's got its own issues, but that first one was awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I liked it too. And Star Wars, I'll I'll defend that movie to the day as long as something that was needed as a uh, palate cleanser. Well, and I've always said it was a meta commentary of Star Wars, but it sure, was the it first was line is this will begin to make things yes, right. absolutely. And I'm not saying by doing that it makes it bad or calling it a greatest hits cover album that doesn't make it bad either because Friday the Thirteenth in yeah. 2009 was a uh, a greatest hits cover album. I love that movie. Yeah, it's um, a good flick. Yeah, uh, what 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 Force Awakens did was it like you're saying it was a palate cleanser. Like said, okay, this is what a Star Wars movie is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. just it just makes me wonder about did it set up? Apparently, it wasn't meant to be followed by anything strictly. They, oh, that's they, not true. If, oh, are you well, kidding me? That's, well, if they had a, a plan, that's one of the reasons. That's why on. we. If they had a plan, Kathleen Kennedy didn't make them follow it. Which means that it either wasn't seriously considered as something to be followed up in a spe- specific direction or not, 
or Kathleen Kennedy didn't care where J.J. Abrams was trying to do it, which means she specifically didn't care what direction they were trying to go with it. Um, I think if we, I think if we, well, and you know, none of us really know, but the, while Ryan Johnson was making that movie, they were, they, and also another, uh, there was a lot of directorial changes and tweaks. And I Mm -hmm. think they were happy that they had a director that would do it without getting, without them having to change it. You know what I mean? Like for directorial changes for a lot of stuff, a lot of franchises were going through that. Yeah. Um, I do think Abrams had a kind of an idea what he was doing. And I do think it was a complete, there was all kinds of plot threads they could set up. And the reason why people dislike the last Jedi is that it just pissed on all those plot threads. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's a crappy way to do a second part of a trilogy. It's a complete shit on your, on your fandom when you're calling it a trilogy movie. It was the it, it it was either that should have been the third part, or or some kind of standalone adventure story. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they, they it's not like they stopped him and made him no. go in a different direction. He said, "Here's no. what I'm doing," and they said, oh, "Okay, yeah. right." Yeah, it's right. not like he snuck this one in. He's like, "Oh, no. hey, while while the rest of the Star Wars universe is falling apart, I'm throwing away the script, writing a whole new one, and I'm fucking everything up, and it'll be too late." It's like a well. But do you, how much of it do you think? How much of it do you think that, in a real way, how much mm-hmm. do you think that that he? Let's assume he he intended for everything to be shit on, like we're all saying it, or you know, a lot of fans are saying. I am certainly saying it. How much of that do you think he was overt about in any meetings on it? And well, then once once they get into production, they're also starting to ramp up on the third one and they or the solo movie and they get ready. And you know what I mean? Like there's all those. Yeah, they fired, but, they fired the other guy for the third movie, and yeah. and they look at the table and go, "Oh, wait a minute, this movie you're making is shitting on everything." But we just fired that other guy. We're about to fire our solo directors. We can't fire you. Yeah. Well, no, because you got to remember at the time that 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 conversation is happening, they were giving him the keys to create a, a another trilogy of films to go off in his own direction. Mm-hmm. They obviously right. felt own, secure with him. His own direction, yeah. right? Because I think that means that they they liked working with him, but they didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want his vision touching the main movies. But they were already too far down the road. Yeah, which is fine if he wanted to do his own 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 trilogy. If yeah. this was not the movie that followed The Force Awakens, I would love it. I would love it, except that it is the movie that follows Force Awakens, and it shits on everything that Force Awakens set up, whether you liked it, the setup or not. It just shits on it. And that's not fair or right, or you know what I mean? It's just not playing fair with your audience. Yeah. And not, and not in a good way. Well, I just I want to see with it, how they're going to deal with it in in the oh, long yeah. haul. Um, honestly, I I was fine with a lot of stuff in the Last Jedi. I was fine with Ray not having, not being related to anybody. It doesn't make sense to have this. That as the, won't hold up. Well, hold on. That that, that doesn't out. make sense to have that as the end of the Skywalker trilogy or the Skywalker tetriarchy or whatever it is i don't know when -hmm. when you have three trilogies or something i don't know what the proper terminology is yeah but the skywalker saga if she's not a skywalker then that means everything's on what's his face okay that that kind of gets you there but 
there's a lot of stuff in there that I didn't care for. It felt like a YA novel to me. I didn't like that aspect right. of it. I didn't mm-hmm. like the yeah. I didn't like the stuff at the beginning with the um, the old uh, Bob Newhart uh, telephone jokes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that that was a little too goofy uh, for me. But listen, if anyone's listening here, when you're done with this podcast and after you've listened to the next episode of Joe on Joe, go listen to the Bob Newhart button down album and <laughs> and it's like 60 minutes of the last jedi in, a, in an amazing fashion yeah it really is um but you know there are things about it that i i do like there are things about it i don't i do like that it broke the chain of just being so slavish to the skywalker family as the be-all end-all of what's going on in this in the star wars universe yeah. but you know what that's enough about that for now because i we're, we beat this topic to death week after oh my week. god yeah. over the last hobbits. year absolutely yeah hobbits in the next one i'm happy hobbits uh, i like monahan though as an actor yeah. I, back to that i like him a lot he actually was in uh i did not meet him but he stopped in golden apple relatively recently oh nice yeah yeah, he signed R2 for us. So that actually, that's even cooler that he signed R2. Well, that works out Ooh. better in the long Maybe run. Maybe he's trying to tell you something. I, don't know. I know, right? <laughs> Coded message. He's going to be R2's dad in the next movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's got to have a dad. Yeah. We don't know who made R2. We have no idea. That is yeah. true. They haven't explained that to us yet. Nope. No. No. Explain everything. Yeah. Well, we still haven't met Han Solo's parents, so you know that that'll be part two of Solo Two. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I, I, there's an audience clamoring for that right now. <laughs> they, they're buying tickets even as Joe announces it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go. What would have been story number one of the week? Sorry. Is that, no, 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 no problem. Is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has been delayed indefinitely. Warner Brothers, here is your chance. Call James Gunn right now and see if he's got any ideas on how to, how to fix your superhero universe. Dude, no. Call James Gunn and have him just do his version with Legion of Superheroes. Oh, uh, that's, a, that's, yeah, that's a better yes. idea. Yes. Hell it's yes. This crap they're doing now. Just do Legion now. Oh, my God. James Gunn on Legion of Superheroes? Yeah. Hell awesome. yes. And what a, what a thumb in the eye to Marvel. I know, right? Oh my goodness gracious! James Gunn on Legion right now. That is Joe. I'm glad you came up with that because I hadn't put a lot of thought into it. I was just like, I know there's a DC property, right? Yeah. And you you just knocked that fucker right right out of the park is what you did. That's it. Yeah. That's it. People would be still upset though. <laughs> well, <laughs> <It's>, of course. <laughs> I would love it. Oh my well, god, that's it's so good. But here's the thing: Disney has dug in on this. They're not going to hire him back. And yeah. to the point where they just said, fuck it, well, let's cancel the movie. So, you know, they're, yeah. they're not going to they're not going to take them back. Um, that means they can just age out everybody else's uh, contracts. And mm-hmm. uh, there you go. They're going to go in whatever direction they're going to go. Whatever reason they decided to dig in here, they dug in here. I'll bet a lot of the on hold has to do with uh, convincing the cast to be cool with whatever choice they make. Oh, I'm sure you're right. I'm because, sure a yeah. lot of that. Bautista's pissed. Yeah, Dave Bautista is not Big not dude. going along with this. Yeah. No. Although well, Taika Waititi, if he does get chosen, as there's rumor that they're talking to him about it, mm-hmm. he'd be an amazing choice. I loved Ragnarok, but any director that steps in there, you're going to hear cries of he's a backstabber. Oh yeah, you want to see somebody get called a scab right off the oh, bat? Oh my god! And so I don't want that for Taika Waititi, you know? Yeah. Well, I've I've heard that they have talked to him, but he's not like jumping at it or anything. 
well, he's such an individual talent and and, yeah. and like creative visionary. I don't I don't know what he would gain by doing this. Yeah, this is the kind of move where you do get a Ron Howard esque guy who's older, more established, a pinch hitter mm-hmm. for the company, steps in and does it. You know, this would be a good time to use Ron Howard. Oh, sure, because yeah. nobody'd get mad at him. And if it sank, they could just go like, well, the people are still mad about Solo. That's all right. that happened. Right. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's, I just don't make, know. Just, just make it an Alan Smithy film. There you and, go. And let, yeah, let let Gunn direct it. Put a mustache on him every day for wardrobe <laughs> so no one recognizes him. Yeah. All in an Alan Smithy film. Oh, hello, everybody. I'm Alan Smithy. Yeah. I'm here to direct hey. the movie. I am a, the Italian Alan Smithy. Wario, Wario. Oh, God, yeah. My, my yeah. grandson, the week before he went home, I had him doing the most racist Italian accent. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's a me. I'm a Mario. I drive the race car. I pick up the garbage, and I'm making the pizzas. Oh, here it come, was, <laughs> it here was comes terrible. the grease ball. <laughs> it was so bad, I was killing myself every time he'd do it. I was just like, come on, <laughs> do it again, Killian. It's That's hilarious. hilarious. Ah, racism. Oh, God, oh. I gotta love racism. Hey, racism, it's 2018. It's the new black? Is yeah, that, is that exactly. Works? Racism, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such yeah. good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think, you know, Joe, I think you nailed it on the head. If only DC could be talked into a Legion movie done by James Gunn. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and you, know, you know he could bring it in with a smaller budget, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 It's got that indie sensibility. Yeah. Absolutely. So that yeah, would be, be less of a risk. And, you know, people will say, well, nobody knows a Legion. Well, I have noticed that Smallville, Supergirl, every sure. every TV series they ever base on one of their big yeah. characters, the Legion gets involved somehow. Yeah. Uh, and nobody also, knew Guardians. Nobody, nobody knew Guardians. Nobody. Yeah. And, I think and I was even, the only person that was excited that I knew of, like, all my personal friends. So I was like, Guardians, I'm so excited. Like, exactly. what are you talking about? And even then, the version of the Guardians they used were only about <laughs> 10 years old. It's not even if yeah. you Googled Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, you were yes. going to get shot or Yandu and, you know, Martin X and yeah uh star 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 not well star lord not even star lord you were getting uh charlie 27 and yeah this weird. uh yeah major victory like you know what i mean like you were getting yeah. those guys like star the 90s version that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah you weren't getting star lord and gamora and Dra- no. that's no that's not even google results answers so no oh my god but, i mean that abnett and landing credits galaxy was amazing and like I so dug it reading in like Such Annihilation, things. Annihilation Conquest, yeah. and then they decided to make the movie, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, and yeah. nobody knew who the hell they were, so I think he could totally take some lesser-known characters, and I think those movies turn out better because no one can really nitpick the shit out of it because they don't know who any of these people are. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic idea. I, Jeremy Vilmer, endorse this message. Boom. Make it, yeah. make it happen. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag, what is it? Uh, hashtag gun for like the number four legion. Gun yeah. for legion. You know what? I'm gonna, that's going up when we're done here. Yeah, yeah. It is. gun for legion. Tag me in that post, baby. Join. Yes. We're gonna make this happen. We're at least gonna. We're at least gonna try to cause a stink about it. Yep. At the very, <laughs> very least. 
Um, yeah, I think that's fantastic. I, yeah, I don't know why they dug in so hard. I mean, there must be some reason to it. But obviously, they are capitulating to hardcore alt-right elements when doing it. Yep. Um, I don't know who else is coming in, but it's it's definitely like out-and-out alt-right people who dug it up. Right. So, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you win in any... I, I don't know. There's there's probably not a great PR move in there, but I do know when your cast starts to revolt, maybe get off your high horse for a minute. Yeah, you got some issues, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we beat that one to death. Absolutely. Beat it. Beat, beat, beat. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for this next one. Oh, well, let's let you, oh, let's yeah. let you bring it in. I'm excited. My singular favorite comic book character is returning in the Justice League and possibly Justice Society. Scott Snyder is bringing Starman back in the pages of the Justice League. And apparently all versions of the hero are coming, all including versions. like Ted Knight, Will Payton, possibly Will Payton. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Blue Alien, what is his name? Oh, I forget what the Blue Alien's version was. Do I'm happy for Jack. Do we, oh, I was just going to say, do we know is this Jack? So I saw a picture, and it had all of them to include Jackman in it. It did, it did include Jack? It was so, Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. the one I'm excited about. Well, Jack's the, <laughs> Jack's, no, Jack is the best. Jack's my favorite <laughs> yeah. version. But I love that, what Robinson did with the Starman series. Yeah. Was one of the greatest books of all time. One of the most amazing things. And he made all the lineage count, going back mm-hmm. to Ed. Yeah. Even the Starman of 51, you know, which was Batman wearing a star cot, like all that stuff. And yes. his brother. And uh, yeah, so if if Scott Snyder is going to bring Starman back, done, done, done. Well, so, I'm just yeah. excited to see more legacy characters being brought back in that starts to restore the DC universe that I enjoyed. You know what I mean? They're taking so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it's been my two name? years. Two I years think a lot of that has to do with the Jeff Johns thing where he wanted to hold everything for Doomsday Clock, and then Doomsday Clock got so delayed. And yeah. so now now they're like, okay, well, let's open the floodgates. So we're going to start seeing all those things in the next three months. Yeah, it's two comics, years is too long. Comics, comics take a long time. They do. That's they true. absolutely do. Especially when Gary Frank's drawing, he takes a long time. Oh, Even though the art has been phenomenal. Oh, my God. Gary Frank's Superman might supersede my favorite Superman before, like, past John Byrne's Superman. His Superman is such, captures the essence of Christopher mm-hmm. Reeve, it is uncanny. It is fantastic. No, you're absolutely yeah. correct. And John John Byrne drew a comic book Superman. Yeah. Gary Franks draws Chris Reeve's, ba- Chris Reeve basically but, as Superman. But, but with not, different but elements and photo, things, yeah. But not photo yeah, but, yeah, No, absolutely. Special. Yeah. He doesn't do, um, to compare it to Salvador LaRocca's Star Wars stuff, which, uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but. He's throwing back, thank God. Yeah, yeah, but that stuff is so, like, photorealistic. The, the Gary Frank Superman is, he figured out how to do Chris Reeve in a comic book, and he just doesn't, and he, it doesn't limit his angles. It doesn't mm-hmm. limit, you know, like, he can draw that version of him in any, in any design or pose. And it just works. It's just yeah. so great. And I like his I like his rendering of Superman because Superman is strong because of alien physiology, not because he lifts weights and has a uh, pro wrestler's build. Right. Which a lot of people, you know, and that's fine. I mean, you yeah. know, you want you want to drive Trump big dynamic Jack, characters, yeah. but Superman becomes more interesting to me when he doesn't look as big as a yes. bodybuilder because and, 
he picks up a car, it gives you some sense of the power that that character carries. Yeah, he should look yeah. like a farmer. Yes, you know, his, like a his solid person. His uniform looks like cloth too. Yes, the yeah. Gary Frank yeah. one. He gives it the ripples in the right places mm-hmm. where you could tell it's just a thin piece of cloth over this guy. One of the biggest mistakes they made in the new Fifty Two was putting armor. It's like, well, arm, why would what? what? Why would you need armor? Yeah, you yeah. need it for like a gimmick, like three issue arc where he's depowered. Okay, give yeah. him some armor. And an everyday thing, why would he possibly need armor? You know, guess can, to keep his clothes on. I, I, I need, I need to add to that. It was the armor on everybody and everybody with a mock turtleneck, including oh, top collars, including Wonder Woman and He Man. Yes, they went okay. Well, Wonder Woman doesn't wear a collar, so we'll give her a choker that's of the course. exact shape of a mock, mock turtleneck. Absolutely. And then when they redid when they redid He Man, everybody got mock turtleneck collars yes. as well. Yes, I, Jim, Jim Lee. Jim Lee has a mock turtleneck fetish. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, because you yeah. gotta protect your neck. You gotta protect your neck. Yeah, not All if right. you're Superman, you don't. Not if you're Wonder <laughs> mm-hmm. Woman, you don't. You gotta protect your neck. Joe, uh, Joe, Paul, Paul. This see, this is this is why I didn't like him to begin with. Jim Lee, Jim Lee. Oh, they're doing me. No, I'm sorry, like, sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, I don't. Passion pop collars. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know you felt that way about the pop collars. Oh, no, I hate. I hated yeah. that part of it. Oh. I was like, what is going on here? And what's funny is if you go back in time and look. If you guys, I don't know if you're big Green Lantern fans, but there was a period where he redesigned the Kyle Rayner costume, and look closely. What does he give him? He gives him a, a double choker on the Kyle Rayner costume. Yes, that's true. And it really? is awkward. Oh, I'm it's gonna, a. I'm gonna have to it's check not that out. a. That choker part's not a good look of that costume. Uh, I just bring, never bring I out just, the gap. Yeah, I just yeah. never thought. I just never thought Jim Lee. I mean, I don't think he's a bad artist by any stretch. I mean. I just never, I never liked him as much as other people. And then every time they let him do something in DC, I look at it and go, "Hmm, that's suspect." He is a '90s artist. Yeah, and and what's one of the most despised periods in comic book history? The '90s for a lot of people. The '90s, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> that's that's fine. You were of the right age to love it. You know, when I go, when I flip through, we, we get a lot of books come through the store, like to people sell. So I end up flipping through, and a lot of it's the '90s crap. Yeah, some of that Jim Lee stuff still holds up really well, even though it was the era of stuff. Like there is a a level of he is so far above what most artists are, even his most '90s ish stuff. There is just this underlying quality that you're like. Oh, I still enjoy it, even though, you know, it's a lot of flash poses and things like that. His poses are the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just see a lot of his stuff that he repeats, and some of his stuff look muddy to me. Yeah. I just no, didn't care. Yeah, for, totally. I just you don't like for, the style, and I totally get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I just He's didn't got care for, his own style. Yeah, I just didn't care for the, uh, the character costume redesigns that were the building blocks of the new 52. I mean, first off, I'm an old man and, and change pisses me off, (laughs) but the new 52, like literally said to guys like my age said, Hey, fuck you. We don't want you here anymore. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. Yeah, And, and on top of that, we're going to take all the stuff you liked the visually, and we're going to get rid of that shit too. And and do you remember how much you dislike some things about the nineties? Well, we're going to just pile that on top of this. So the thing that DC didn't do as much as Marvel and image, we're going to do now 20 years later. Yeah. Well, look at who they, look at who they had. One of their spearheading editors was fill in the blank. Do you know who I'm going to say? Well, go ahead, but 
No, you said, you know? No, 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 because I'm, I'm selling the Jim Lee thing, but go ahead and say No, I am too. Bob Harris. Okay, yeah. And and Bob Harris was in the mix of all that 90s Marvel group yep. that eventually went to Image. So he was one of the – he was helping run DC during New 52, so he brought in all those old Image guys and 90s Marvel guys. Yeah. No, and that's what I mean. It's just it took all the things that I didn't like, and it just, like, went, oh, and hey, fuck, here it is all at once, guys. There you go. You know, the crazy thing is, so remember we were talking about last week where uh, Tom King, they – they put Batman back in his old suit. Yeah. Right. Which we were like, oh, okay, yay, that's awesome. People were like, oh no, the old suit sucks. Like, put him back in the new Fifty Two. So there is a generation where uh, it makes more sense to Batman being an armor-like suit. So there's DC's kind of like there's a conundrum there. Like, who do we satisfy? Like, where's the middle ground there? Like, do we put him in the classic suit? Do we put him in a more modern suit? So I don't envy their decisions that they have to make, for well, sure. The, have, you, have you heard the latest uh, rumbling of people complaining about DC now? Is they're mm-hmm. saying that that it's too dark, like it's it's like the the lighthearted promise of Rebirth. Everything is too dark now. I'm like, oh my god, people! Like now, that's what I, I mean. Some about. books are that. I mean, Batman's not going to be cracking jokes. Yeah, and and also I, it, mm, yeah, I no. Yeah, just shut up and enjoy it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's I as long super, as it's true to the character yeah. that it's supposed to be, Superman, that's the way it's supposed to be. Leading up to the Bendis stuff, and I think Bendis stuff is really still just kind of getting underway. I think, you know, the six-issue Man of Steel was pretty dark, but it was also kind of setting up a... The action comic stuff's been really good, though. Yeah, like all that Superman stuff leading up to it was super, super great and super bright. Super Suns is great and bright. Oh, Flash yeah. is a little Flash is a little dark these days. I'll give you that. Uh, Green Lantern has been really good. The, like Green Lanterns has been pretty bright. Not reading Aquaman can't speak for that, but you know I I don't know. I, also, there's you need you need conflict. Well, yeah, but you can have conflict without just grim dark uh, constantly, and that was part of the problem that people were saying about the New Fifty Two era was that things were just too dark. Right. And as I understood part of what they were saying, I mean, look at one of the the things that was quoted when Rebirth became the initiative was they killed love. And so I, the sense I got was they were going to try to make things a little bit funner mm-hmm. and, and, you know, a little more interesting and where appropriate, a little less grimdark. Like Superman stories to me shouldn't always be these ultra depressing you know the story ends with superman standing in a dark room hanging his head at the end of every story you know oh, the, that, that the, doesn't the superman fit. i think delivered on its promise yeah but the flash kind of the flash kind of seemed to not flash is not i don't think um maybe they're not like super up the mark but um i've been enjoying a lot of stuff so we'll see uh but getting back to the starman returning yeah, time, yeah, is there yeah anybody? sorry about that uh, is there so there's as they're bringing back these new legacy characters, we'll call them legacy characters or whatever. Uh, is there anybody else you want to see come back? Because I already got my wish with Martian Manor and come, finally coming back. Uh, I I don't necessarily want to see Jack come back, but I am happy to see him. I'm I was always okay with him living his best life and letting letting him exist in that in that vacuum. 
But um, I'm happy to see the Justice Society come back for sure. That's, yeah. that's oh, yeah. the thing yeah. for that's me right. is one of my favorite comics of the last 15 years was that JSA comic that um, Alex Ross did a lot of the covers for. Oh, yeah. What, Jeff Jones? His run? Or? Um, let's, who, well, it was from number one up until, I don't know, I, I read it for two years, I think. So I oh, there were, there were two runs of it. Yeah, I like John's run a lot. Yeah, they did the JSA, and then that relaunched into the Justice Society of America. I think it was the Justice Society of America was the one I really read. Yeah, the JSA one, one, I think, ran around 60 issues, and the Justice Society did around 40. Yeah, that's – so, yeah, the one I'm thinking of is probably the one at the the end, the tail end of that. It's like the one where the Kingdom Come Superman came in. Yeah, yeah, that was the Justice Society. Yeah, I actually enjoyed those quite a bit. Um, Yeah, so I'm just glad to see them come back, because I do like Golden Age characters, and twice in my lifetime we've gone through things where they've tried to write them out, forget about them, or consign them to some part of history's dustbin Mm -hmm. where they don't exist, and I, I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm comics, glad. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad they're coming back. And that yeah. was the John's run, by the way. Comics okay. are comics are 100 percent about magical things like time travel and oh my god, they don't age because they lived in this, um, you know, dimensions for 60 years. So why not keep all these great characters in play? Yeah, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know why they're slow rolling this stuff. I I, I think you might be right. It's because the Doomsday Clock thing, but. They need to figure it out for sure, because I definitely would like to have a lot of these people back. And Justice League at least is starting to get good again. Oh yeah, happy about that. All right, All right. Paul. Let's go ahead and we'll do pick yeah picks of the week or pick of the week uh, for this week. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, pick of the week uh, this week was Old Man Hawkeye number eight by Marvel Comics, uh, written by Ethan Stacks and. Art by Marco Chetto. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. But uh, this has been like a surprisingly good little mini series. I think it's going to be twelve issue uh, series. Uh, it's I like the world, you know, the old man Logan kind of like this alternate universe. It's it's an interesting world and the art's been great and it's been pretty fun. It's just Hawkeye kind of like going through this um, this quest of getting revenge on um, essentially the Thunderbolt. Olds who kind of betrayed him and started down this road. This takes place before the Old Man Logan series, and I just really enjoy it. I think it's really good, and that was my pick of the week. Was Old Man Logan or Old Man Hawkeye number eight? It's good. Awesome, Joe. You got anything to add to that? Um, I agree. This it's funny. This is a book that I've put. I've read the first couple issues. Go, I really liked it, but I don't need to read it. And then I stopped getting it. And then like two issues later, I saw it on the stands. I go, man, I really did enjoy that. So then I picked it up, read another issue, picked up the missing ones. Loved it. Never picked up the next one. So, like, uh, it is absolutely a great series. It's so good. And so I, I'm in for the rest. I'm in for the long haul. Yeah, it's, it doesn't affect anything. So I, I there's not, it's not in continuity, really. I mean, only the, the Old Man Logan it's series good. is kind of – it's I, just fun. It's a fun yeah. book. I don't know if I've read anything else by Ethan Sachs. I can't. Nothing comes to mind. But yeah. if this is if this is the kind of stuff he does, I'm in. He does really good superhero stuff. And this issue was gnarly. I don't want to give you any, any spoilers, but there was like a moment where I was like, man, this this is like hit me right in the feels a couple times. It was good. Cool. Yeah. Well, good fiction should hit you in the feels. So what is it you're That's looking right. forward to next week? 
Uh, looking forward to Scarlet Number One uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and art by Alex Malev. Um, this is kind of you know Brian Michael Bendis is doing I guess his uh, Jinx World stuff, but it's being put up by DC Comics since he went over there. And uh, I read Pearl Number One the other day, and I thought that was really good. So and this is uh, uh, Scarlet's second chapter. He did this one of his creator own projects before. Uh, so I, I like the Pearl one, and I'm just kind of interested to see, you know, all of Brian's uh, kind of creator own stuff that's being put out by DC Comics that's alone. Because I think this is his wheelhouse to me. It's not I like his superhero stuff, but it's his Jinxes and his you know Jessica Jones and Scarlet's is kind of more street level stuff that I've really even you know powers. That's the stuff I think he's best at. So these types of stories I'm really I really like, and I'm interested to see where it goes from from here right on no it's um that is one of those things that i think gets underlooked for long periods of time and then they'll explode up again kind of like what was that marvel's oh god what did they in the early 80s they had a creator owned line epic 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 that was it you know and then you know every now and again everybody kind of like jumps on a creator owned line and then they forget them it seems like a decade of time Mm-hmm. And it is cool when they're when they're using them because people can really get out and stretch their legs. I mean, this is the type of stuff I think that the best comic books are made. I mean, DC Comics Vertigo was kind of as close as a creator-owned thing you could get at the time before Image came out, really. Yeah. And, I mean, all my favorite books were Vertigo books. So if they can do stuff like this that's not tied to the continuity that you can't be like, oh, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z... I think really good books come from that. So I like these types of books because they're not tied down by whatever it is that the uh, you know, publishers want them to tie them down for. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, Joe, you got anything you want to add to that one before we talk about what you last read? No, no. I'm like just, uh, I just I was excited by Bendis. Anything Bendis does is usually at least, at least well-written if it's not your specific cup of tea. Yeah. I, I will agree with that. So what was the last thing you read this week, Joe? Uh, this morning, Injustice versus Masters of the Universe. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Speaking of a little He-Man action. So dope. So good. Uh, I'm a sucker for what DC's been doing with Masters of the Universe. I think it's uh, they've quietly been continuing the story of Masters over the, like, crossover with the justice league and now they're crossing over with the injustice universe and then the uh the keith giffen like 12 issue maxi series that they did mm-hmm. they've quietly just expanded the he-man universe and uh it's great and so this is um another one of those things and he-man has gone to he-man atila went to the injustice universe and then back in the eternia universe uh dark sides minions have shown up to conquer eternia and that's where we're at so far in the story. It's great. Love Ooh. it. I'm going to check that out. Because I'm reading Injustice, uh, Injustice 2 now that's coming out. I wrote by, I think, Tom Taylor. I'm really enjoying that. Maybe I'll have to try the He-Man Injustice. Oh, yeah. Book. Yeah, that's... Um, I don't... Okay, so I haven't picked up anything about the Injustice universe besides the game. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe I should give some of this stuff a look. I mean, it's, all, it's a digi- it's all a digital comic and yeah, it's yeah. really short and I, it's fun. I mean, I like it. 
Yeah, get, honestly, the the um the regular Injustice series they did five or six seasons. I think it was five. Yeah. And then they and then they relaunched it mm-hmm. with like part two. I yeah. read all first of the five years, and they were really good. They got a little long in the tooth because it was it felt like they were treading water a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the first like three years or so are just great. Great, yeah, yeah, just great. And then and then it wrapped up, you know, a little bit. Uh, it wrapped up well, but there was a little bit of bloat in the middle. Um, but I love it. It's it's a really well thought out alt universe take on it, and it's more than just like uh, because it, it went so long. It's more than just an Elseworlds kind of here's the broad strokes like they really get into the details of mm-hmm. what was this specific character up to during all this stuff and, and spend a lot of time with that and how it would impact that person's life. And it's it's solid. Yeah, I mean, Lobo just got a Green Lantern ring, the last, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and everyone's like, how the hell did he get a Green Lantern ring? It's just they can have fun with it because there's nothing tying them down and. I think, you know, like I said before, just good stories come from that. Just like, screw yeah. it, do whatever you want. You know? Yep. And now, uh, technically, that means um, Masters of the Universe, He-Man's part of the DC Universe. Uh, that's been an on-again, off-again thing yeah. since yeah. the 80s, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, because Superman crossed over. Yep, that's I'm right. Okay I that. totally I'm forgot totally about okay that. I'm okay with that. Oh, I love it. Well, his mom was from Earth, so why can't it be DC's Earth? Yeah, why not? Well, and, and DC exists in a multiverse, so why can't it be some Earth from uh, from the DC multiverse? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> except except James uh, Kerwin ruined that for me too. Who? The par- parallel universes. Oh, too many. Well, oh, saying that they can't exist because there would be yeah. too many. There's not enough. Oh, that's right. That's energy right. in the universe yep. to sustain it. Yeah. Old. Oh. Old Dr. Damn. Buzzkill. You know, he'd make a good movie villain. Dr. <laughs> Buzzkill. Dr. Just like, it'd be like any time like a bunch of heroes were having a good time, he'd just show up and be like, hey, here's why what you're working on is stupid. Well, you know what? You know what? I, do? I don't know anything about that guy, but he is the Acme book of physics to all of our Wiley e. Coyotes. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm currently walking on air. Nope, here's this physics book explaining why you can't, and then that's when I fall. Yeah, here's why you can't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, slow moving uh, toe jam of a week. <laughs> there wasn't. You're right, Paul. There wasn't a whole lot this week. Um, there were like Who little. Who cares? Little I just like talking to you guys. About yeah, this no, no, no. That's 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 why we do this. Yeah. Um. So. Paul, the, the, what you've got as a weekly topic is uh, streaming yeah. apps. What, what will you be the, getting? Yeah, so, the only reason I, I brought that up is because uh, Disney released the like what they're going to call it. Disney Play is the name of their streaming. Mm-hmm. So they talked about it, and I just I can't remember if I ever asked you guys with the DC streaming one coming up and this Disney one. Like, are you guys planning on getting any of these? Do you do you hope that somebody else does something along these lines? Because well, you've got I, DC I, and I Marvel already, now. I've already pre-purchased my DC streaming. I okay. Paid for the, I paid for the prepay, so I get 15 months for free. What? Yeah. You well, I mean, not for free. You pay. You pay. It's like one time, like 75. Oh yeah. So you get three you months get, for free. You, yeah, you get 12 months and then three months. Yeah. So okay. So it's 15 months total. So how much was that? You buy it uh, all in one set, month? Well, yeah, it was like 70. We'll say 79. Oh, no. Some that's somewhere not, in the 70s. That's 
So they're, they're definitely reasonable. What are they planning on launching? About seven bucks a month is what they're. I believe so. It's like going to be yeah. like seven ninety five a month, and yeah. it's supposed to start in the next couple months or so, like in fall. They said fall of of, of twenty eighteen. So, so I figured, that, I, that'll get, take that'll take me through twenty twenty. And you get not only the TV and movies, but you also get comics, right? Yes, you do. You get you get digital comics out of it too. So that's so uh, that'll be fun. Is and this it's, like it, the back catalog, or is this? Like, oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what. Like is the is the browser? I don't know. Like how you're going to browse? Is it on Comixology? Is it yeah. through their in-app browser? That part I have no idea about. But you're also getting the full catalog of, I think, pretty much every animated everything, thing, every yeah. every live action, every animated film that they've done. So you know, it's a lot. Yeah, I, I have I pretty much have all that already on DVD, but. Wow. Yeah. It's still fun to access, you know. Yeah, um, but, but when they hire George Lucas to make a special edition Wonder Woman, you'll have access. That's that's kind of the thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm kit. I'm considering DC. I'm considering it, but I have to say, this whole thing is kind of getting away from us now. Uh, streaming became a thing that you could cut your cable off with and go to that. Now it would, it would limit your choices and blah, 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 you know. And, like, I've got CBS All Access, not just for Star Trek Discovery, but also because me and my wife watch the shit out of Big Brother every year. Mm-hmm. But also because in Modesto, we are actually about 75 miles away from all the transmitter towers. So antennas, unless you have a 30-foot mast, don't really work here. Well, with CBS All Access, at the very least, I can get local news from the CBS affiliate. Okay. So now I can get Big Brother, I can get news, and I can get the Star Trek Discovery, plus the entire back catalog of CBS. Well worth my four ninety-five a month, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that we used to pay $150 a month for 175 channels of shit we didn't watch all the time. And what's starting to happen now is you have a $15 a month HBO, and then a $9 a month uh, Netflix, and then a, uh, or $9 a month Hulu, and then a $14 a month Netflix, and $5 a month CBS, and you're going to have a $7 a month uh, DC. And then who, I'm assuming Disney's going to charge the same price. The next thing you know, we're going to have 200 and whatever dollars a month in subscription channels. And you can only stream so much over over the internet, and there's going to be a whole new set of problems we didn't anticipate with this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I'm considering DC. I would not get Disney uh, that I can imagine for any reason off the top of my head. Now, I'm sure they'll come up with something in there. But, you know, I do worry about what the eventual end result of this is going to be. No, you would lighter, want to, lighter, lighter pocketbooks. You, you yeah. want to get Disney Street? Like, why wouldn't you want to get Disney Street? Well, what for Star Wars? That's is that the whole reason I'm going to get Disney streaming? The the thing with this Disney stuff, they get Fox too, right? Yeah, yeah but they're they're not they're not saying it now, but they're they're still trying to play that game of, oh, we're not going to pull our Marvel content that's already on Netflix. It's going to stay on Netflix for now. You know they're going to rip all that as soon as any contracts are up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But but Joe, much like yourself, when a Star Wars movie comes out, I buy I buy the uh, the Blu-ray 4K. Yeah. Yeah, so but I, uh, I've got it. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Um, well, so, you know what's funny? You, so you you brought up 4K. That is that's going to become uh, one of the drivers. It is already today of the only thing keeping DVDs alive mm-hmm. is the collector and and the fact that bandwidths for any of these streaming services just aren't good enough for right. people who actually care what their quality of their picture yeah. looks like. Well, you know, I got a friend in New York who has Google's gig uh, internet, and that's pretty amazing, just the speeds that he pulls down regularly. So and how, and what's that What's that run him to get per month? I, do you well, he's, he, he's, he, it's like 100 bucks a month, but he's a graphic designer. So oh, so he needs it. Yeah. He needs it, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of, like, built in. But you know as well as I do, if, as that becomes the norm – that price is going to come down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I'm going to get but, the crap out of Disney, but I yeah. have kids. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, I've got, I've got a grandson that comes up for the summer every year. Well, yeah, I'm not going to subscribe to something all year long for something that's going to get three months worth of use. Yeah. I'm going to just cancel Netflix at that point. Well, all these all these services would do themselves a huge favor to make canceling and resubscribing as simple as possible. possible. Um, I got speaking literally speaking for a, a major company that does that GameFly. We we make it so easy for people to to leave and go. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's after you know we've been around since like two thousand two. That's after playing with different versions of that over the years. We experimented. I heard that once at some point. I don't know twelve years ago. We experimented with only making you could only cancel it like by calling a customer service rep or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's oh, what happened. Oh, to apparently me. the yeah, apparently the experience was horrible. We only did it for like a month, but it was such a horrible experience and it taught us let people choose, just make it easy. If you want to leave, leave. Come oh. back whenever you want. You know, just we want you to be empowered and, and I hope all these streaming services do that. Someone like MoviePass, who uh, to bring them into the conversation of you know services and stuff, they've got this draconian thing of if you leave us, you can't sign up for nine more months, and it's like you're 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 not helping your case here. No, that would that would force me to quit because I don't buy anything with a pistol to my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's I just ended up I just quit them, and you know they say you can't join for nine more months. And I'm like, well, one, I don't think you're going to be around for another nine months. Yeah. yeah. Two, and two, nine months from now, it'll be the start of the summer season again. So, you know, I'll just rejoin then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's see what's happening in nine months because yeah. we have Fortune 500 companies that were around for 89 years who fold on a monthly basis now. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I I don't think that Movie Pass is going to be the gargantuan winner of longevity in this market. No. Well, they went they went from being a uh, you know they like we're a disruptor we're a disruptor. To being a, a discount ticket service. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Janet from HR can do what you do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's I, kind of, and I don't have to jump through the hoops with Janet that I do yeah. with you. Well, that's the kind of company that you can tell already that people's secretaries fire their own bosses there because it's such a shit show behind the scenes. You know? right. Right. <laughs> I laugh at that. I don't think it's funny anytime somebody gets fired, but, you know, you, you know the kind of companies I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that being said, Paul, how about you? So you're going to dump Netflix and pick up Disney. But yeah, definitely. For the are you sure. are you going to get DC? Um, I, I may. I may. Because I'm like, I already have. I, I don't know. I don't know. I might. I might. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm going to have to see what happens because like Amazon Prime, 
we're a member there because of the free shipping. Everything yeah, else is kind I have of a, that too. Yeah, yeah, everything else is kind of a fringe benefit with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, just this like last week, I had to buy something on Finger Hut only because my account there is twenty years old, and I don't want them shutting it to affect my um, average age of accounts. You know, mm-hmm. so I bought something through Finger Hut just to keep my account active, and the shit's not going to show up for five weeks. Yeah. Okay. I I can buy a pack of thumbtacks from Amazon and they'll be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it's just everything with Amazon is super simple. Now, when everybody's got their own streaming service, what does Netflix lose? Is there no more Jessica Jones and all that on there? Is all that going to just fold up or some new version of it going to show up on well, Disney? I now? think at some point it'll yeah. stop making it. Yeah, well, I mean, at some point those just those IPs you're, you know, they're not going to do 10 seasons of oh, Daredevil. No. They're, they're so going to shut it down at some point. Yeah, so yeah. they'll shut it down, and then if they do a Daredevil version 2, that'll be on Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's just a matter of seeing how things shake out at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we're still in the Wild West days of streaming services, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing all sorts of, like, I, I don't even know, you know, half of the Hulu original. I don't even know a quarter of what Hulu's done as original, you know? Yeah. I, I need I, to give that more of a, more of a try, because oh, the Prime and Hulu stuff, I don't really watch a lot of There's so stuff. much new there's stuff. There's a lot, every, yeah. yeah. Every time you log into either one of the platforms, you get this giant, you know, Hulu exclusive, Hulu original, Netflix original, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I have no time to watch any of this. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go back to watching Cheers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. Yeah, so I don't know. It's going to just depend on how things shake out. Because, like, CBS is the one that I thought that I would buy for Star Trek Discovery, and then I've watched all sorts of stuff on it because I never considered what what unseen benefits did I get that I didn't take into account when I first did it. You know, right. like I said, the news and um, Big Brother and all this stuff that I didn't consider. Star Trek itself wasn't that big of a deal because, A, eventually somebody would torrent it and send it my way on a, on a thumb drive, if nothing else, or, you know what I mean? Or it'd come out on DVD and I could get it that way or whatever. And let's face it right now, all of the other Star Trek is available on every single streaming platform. It's on Amazon. It's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. It's on, it's on uh, CBS uh, all access. Now, one day when they pull the trigger on that and go, Hey, you know, we're taking Star Trek off everything else. That'll change. Mm-hmm. Yep. But since Star Trek is being syndicated through Netflix, Star Trek Discovery is being syndicated through Netflix throughout the rest of the world, I don't think that's going to happen right away. They, mm-hmm. they, they have put themselves in a, a bicameral position where we need Netflix to get to the rest of the planet. <laughs> so I don't see them going, okay, well, you can have Discovery, but we're taking back our old stuff. And then Netflix goes, hey, that's the only shit anybody's watching. So, no. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see that fight coming about. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's all I had to say on that. Anybody got anything else they want to throw out there? No, I'm good. Oh, I'm geeked no, out no. for the week, boys. Yeah, that should, that should pretty much do it for me, by God. Yep, yep. I got a, I got a bunch of scripts I got to start reading this week and a whole bunch of soundproof foam showing up by Thursday. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I Can't been, wait to hear it. 
I've been swiping scripts and rewriting them so I could try to get little 45 second bits together. Joe, your, uh, your gift, which we won't name your gift to me was a appreciated in many, many ways because I've spent some money on some things following up on that. Yep. And that little thing you sent me has as much information as things I've spent 10 or 15 bucks on. You don't know how happy that makes me. Yeah. I am so happy. No, I really am. I'm so yeah. happy for that. I love it, Jer. I support you any way I can. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I want to let you know that, but I, I do got to kind of keep it goofy about what we're talking about. But yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it is absolutely worth it is absolutely worth any risk that you have put yourself in. Many Great. Bothans have died to bring us this information. <laughs> That's great, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. All right, guys. Well, for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, for Joe Slevsky from Joe on Joe, and for Paul Vieira, uh, America's true uns- unsung hero. <laughs> true. Bye-bye, everybody. Ciao. Ciao.